Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Feline dermatology and allergies can be really, really frustrating. It's complicated. We don't have as many treatment options. But I do want to go over some thoughts you should have with one of the more common presentations you're going to see in your veterinary general practice. And that is the bald belly cat. (laughs) The bald belly cat is always an interesting presentation and one that we see quite often. Sometimes it's very obvious. Owners kind of notice it. They're complaining about it, but it is often overlooked, you know, because cats are natural groomers and they can just have kind of some mild hair loss or owners don't really notice because their cat's not flipping over to show them their belly. But it is something we see a lot on dermatologic exams. And there's just a couple of key points I want to go over with you guys as far as what to be thinking about in these particular cases, whether they are a full-fledged bald belly cat or just have a little bit of thinning of the hair on the belly. So first of all, we want to be uh, thinking of is the hair falling out on its own or is it being pulled out? because the cat's paritic and is overgrooming that area. So a hair falling out, you know, it's not really going to be traumatized. It's falling out because around the hair follicle itself, there's inflammation. So different types of infections can cause this, bacterial, fungal, you know, certainly something like dermatophyte could cause the hair just to fall out on its own. Other disease processes like autoimmune diseases or neoplastic, Um, can also cause the hair just to fall out. Now that's different than actually being pulled out, right? The cat's kind of yanking the hair out or over grooming that area. Sometimes it can be really, really hard to tell because cats are more isolated creatures. So if they're going to run away and because their belly's itchy and they want to lick or chew at it, they might not be in front of the owners doing it. So owners don't visualize that they are pulling out the hair on their own. I've had lots of owners that say, oh, they don't really lick. They're not really itchy but it's clear that their hair is being pulled out. And if you can't really tell based on the pattern or what the hair looks like, you can do a trichogram. So you can actually pluck some hairs from the abdomen and then put it in a little bit of mineral oil and evaluate it underneath the microscope, just like you would if you're looking for mites or dermatophyte spores on a trichogram. Now, a normal cat hair uh, should taper. So you should kind of come to this nice little kind of taper pointed edge. Cats that are actually traumatizing and yanking out the hair, you'll see that's really blunt and cut off because of that trauma. So if you're having a really hard time telling the difference, that is a trick you can do to kind of evaluate. Next, I start looking at distribution of lesions. So is it a really focal area that's affected? Like is it the beginning of an eosinophilic filigranuloma? Is it some sort of tumor that's forming there and bothering the cat? Um, Or is it more symmetrical? So in general, you know, an allergic cat who's kind of licking and overgrooming that area, um, they'll kind of get most of the belly on its own. But you can have other things, internal disease, that can cause them to be really uncomfortable, right? So if they had like a UTI, they could also do that too. Is it more cranial um, on the abdomen? Is it more caudal? 
are there other lesions that are present? So do we have something like some scale and crust, which may point that there's some type of infection there or some sort of ectoparasite? Maybe we should do a skin scrape. Maybe, you know, we should, I shouldn't say, maybe we should cytology. We should always cytology them. Are there excoriations that are showing that the cat is traumatizing and scratching the area? What do other parts of the body look like? That's important, right? Because if the bald belly cat also has like an eosinophil plaque somewhere else on its body or it also has otitis, then that could point us more to something like uh, hypersensitivity, which we certainly can see bald belly cats have forms of allergies and hypersensitivity. How is the cat doing overall, right? Go back to the basics. How old is the cat? How long has it been going on? Because if you see an older cat who is not feeling well, like they've been losing weight, they're systemically just ADR, and then you see that they have bald, uh, a bald belly, but it's really bald, like complete alopecia and shiny, then that could be something different like a perineoplastic alopecia. And so if you have an older cat who's not doing well, showing other systemic signs, and they just have like very, very bald, shiny skin, they don't have a history of ever, you know, having allergies or anything like that, then you can biopsy them and you can get hints of perineoplastic alopecia. But if I'm pretty convinced the cat's not doing well and I'm worried about perineoplastic alopecia, sometimes I also just send them off to go get imaging done so that we can save the owner some money. And that's something with experience you get more comfortable picking up on, but these animals are strikingly bald. They're not just kind of you know, losing some hair, they're not feeling well, maybe they have a history of uh, their liver enzymes or you know, pancreatic enzymes going up. So taking all that into mind, what are the differentials that we can think of when we see some form of a bald belly cat? You know, we oh, clearly hypersensitivity. So what flea allergy for sure. So if I have a cat who I think's licking and over grooming their belly and I think they're truly an allergic cat, I want them on good ectoparasite control. I've had other podcast episodes about this. Doesn't matter if they're just completely indoors. Um, doesn't matter if other pets in the household are not itchy. Get everyone on good ectoparasite control. Some form of an isoxazoline, personally, is what I would re- recommend because then you're getting rid of all of the possibilities of the ectoparasites out there. Everyone in the household should go on good ectoparasite prevention. You know, isoxazolines available for cats would be Revolution Plus. It has to be the plus version of Revolution. So Revolution plus um, Brevecto, and then there's Cordelio for cats, at least in the United States. Um, those are the isoxazolines that we have available to us, at least at this point in time. So good ectoparasite control, absolutely. You know, yeah, food allergy certainly can still cause them to lick and chew and be really paritic, and you could certainly have a bald belly from that. So think of all the other questions we need to think of. Is it a, a non-seasonal or seasonal Uh, How old was the cat when it started? Do we have other symptoms? Do we need to do something like a diet trial? Do we have gastrointestinal signs that are present? And then feline atopic skin syndrome, environmental allergies, you know, is the diagnosis of exclusion. So we have them on good parasite control. We've done the diet trials if we need to, and they're still paritic. Then we're going to move on to something hopefully like allergy testing and working up uh, the feline atopic skin syndrome. Other things we kind of already mentioned, like dermatophytosis, pyoderma, you know, certainly some autoimmune diseases. 
Um, you can get little crusted areas, especially around the nipples on cats with pemphigus. So we always talk about claw fold is a very typical presentation for cats with pemphigus foliaceous, but around their nipples is another common area. So if you just see that there's lots of, you know, crusting and maybe they are paritic from all the inflammation and they start going for those areas, then that certainly could be a differential for you. We talked about perineoplastic alopecia. So if they're especially older cats, not doing well, you know, other systemic signs, they're punky, they have lab work changes that are abnormal and their skin is strikingly alopecic and shiny, I would be worried about perineoplastic alopecia. And then way, way, way low on the list, like almost non-existent on the list is psychogenic alopecia. So we often get referred these bald belly cats, well, or they'll get referred to behavior and they'll refer to us. And I have a, an other podcast episodes with behaviorists about this, but they'll get referred to behavior for being, you know, OCD or doing it because they're stressed. Very, very, very rare. Like essentially all the behaviorists want us to rule out all forms of hypersensitivity in order to come to that conclusion. If you have a cat that does better on things like steroids, then it's not going to be psychogenic alopecia. Um, and not that we want these cats to be on steroids forever, but if you have a history, they have done well with steroids and more than likely there's some sort of hypersensitivity disorder that's going on and we need to do our workup just like we would with any allergic cat. So just be thinking about that because it is something that we commonly see is they get diagnosed with psychogenic alopecia and studies have really shown um, that that is not something that is very common. I think it's like, of the 21 cats in one study, like over like 19 of them were related to some form of allergy. So it's important just to kind of go back to the basics. And like I said, especially if they respond to things like anti-inflammatories, then that's going to really tell you that it's not going to be something behavioral because behavioral issues shouldn't really respond to that. And then if you just look at a cat and you're confused and you don't really know and you feel uncomfortable, go back to your basics. Go back to the basics. We Cytology, skin scrape, um, get your dermatophyte culture slash PCR. If you need, if you feel like there's a possibility it can be a dermatophyte, it's okay for tests to come back negative. They are still really important rollouts for us to do. Um, and if we do get to the point where we know that they're allergic, make them comfortable with some sort of paritis control and then go through your workup. Ectoparasite control, everyone in the house, food trial, you know, referral or management for allergies at that point if you know that you're dealing with a cat with feline atopic skin syndrome. Um, we just want to make sure that we're kind of going through those differential lists of what these cats can be. Because like I said, it can really vary from owners noticing oh, my cat's always over-grooming their belly and their their hair coat's thin there, to owners not really noticing at all, to having really striking alopecia uh, where they have the neo perineoplastic alopecia. And that's obviously a completely different prognosis and different workup entirely. So we just want to think back to the ba- basics. But the big thing I, guys, I want you guys to pick up on for me Psychogenic alopecia is not very common. Uh, so if you have a cat who's overgrooming their belly, very unlikely that it's due to some sort of stress or behavioral issue. More than likely, you're probably talking about a cat with some sort of hypersensitivity disorder, or there could be other things like referred pain from something like, uh, you know, gut pain or urinary tract pain because they have a UTI or something of that nature. So then go back to your history and your questions. Has this happened before? Do we need to do some sort of lab work workup? 
are they on good ectoparasite preventions, just go back to the basics, go back to your basics with diagnostics, great plug smear, biopsy if it's a really bizarre case and you're not really sure, or refer to a dermatologist if you're able to do that so we can get these cats on the right path because feline dermatology can be really frustrating and bald belly cats will be one of the more common things that you will see in the clinic. I hope you guys find that helpful. It's something that is very common for you to see and hopefully you have a new way of working up these kitties.